Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Hello, we are so glad to have you join us for our conversation today. How are you, Dr. Virginia? Doing pretty good. Um, doing better than I was a week ago. So <laughs> You had quite an exciting week. I'm anxious yes. to hear. Why don't you share with us what happened? Yes, yes. Uh, capped it off with uh, an appendectomy. So, Ooh. yeah, started kind of having like a tummy ache, that, you know, stomach bug. Wake up in the middle of the night. It's like localized into that lower right side of the abdomen. And I'm like, oh, that's my appendix. <laughs> and so, oh. sure enough, go to the hospital. And really just a few hours later, you know, they whoop, take it out. And, and then I was home. So I, I cannot yeah. believe how quickly me either. Home. Me either. Like I was definitely still like on some of like the, the anesthesia and the pain medicine. And they're just like, all right, go home and good luck. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I will say this though. So since I've been kind of laid up, uh, it has given me a lot of time to work on our uh, Kidman Dr. Pinterest account. Oh, awesome. um, I wasn't, you know, I mean, it's like, I can't, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't do for a few days. Um, and so I was able to like really clean that up and get that much more organized. And so, you know, so if you have Pinterest, go over there, take a look at our Kidman doctor Pinterest account and Yay. it should look all clean and shiny. <laughs> and I will put the link for that, the information for that in the notes. I am so grateful for those of you who are sticking with us while we are figuring all this out. Yeah. I am learning how to edit and I know I'm really not doing a great job at it, but I'm, I'm getting better. I think. Yeah, as, you're, as doing great. you're doing great. And we are getting, actually, we have a few things we're working on. We are getting an Instagram account started. We are getting a WordPress blog started. Uh, we have Pinterest. Um, Virginia is already great to post things on Facebook on her account whenever things are going on. And then we have the YouTube account and we actually signed up for Podbean this week. <laughs> so if you don't want to listen to us through YouTube, but you would like to follow us as a podcast just to hear the audio, you can go to Podbean right now. And I am currently working on trying to get us caught up on all the different podcatchers, but if you'll just be patient with us for a little bit longer as we kind of work through everything, we are getting there and I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're so, not tech people, but slowly not. we're maybe getting there. Yeah. We are, are not tech people at all. Uh, but it's in a room of a hundred kids and we know what to do, but mm -hmm. we are still trying to figure out uh, technology at its finest. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. we, uh, but we are, we're working on it and we're getting there and, and we appreciate you being patient with us. And we hope that the information that we're providing for you is mm -hmm. helpful. That is our heart. And that's yeah. our goal is that we are somehow just encouraging you even just in the smallest amount with your ministry. Yeah. And that's Amen. really what we want to do. And so that was why we chose today's topic. We know safety and security is yes. the top of your concern. 
we we've been there, we've lived it, we understand that. And so what we just wanted to do was to share with you a little bit about safety and security, the things that you might want to start thinking about if you haven't, the things that you might want to start checking to see how you're doing in these areas. Are we covered? Have we thought through this? Are we prepared? Just to kind of just quickly run through some of the key mm -hmm. things that you want to start processing through with your policies. And honestly, even if you say, oh, Val, don't worry, we have a policy and procedure handbook and it's good to go. And we haven't had to touch it for years. You know, this is a good time for yeah. you to maybe pull it out and kind of go along with some of the things that we talk about today and just see mm -hmm. if anything might need to be updated or things that might need to be adjusted because this is a living, breathing document that you yes. have. Your policy and procedures manual is constantly changing and has to be updated on a regular basis. So hopefully we will give you some tips and ideas and things to think about in a very short amount of time. <laughs> we actually tried to do this before. We had told you this was going to be an earlier episode. And we just tried to put too much information in 30 yeah. minutes. And when we took a look at it, we just felt like, oh, no, this is yeah. too much. And so we're going to try to kind of step back and do it a little bit slower today mm -hmm. and go into a little bit more detail, but make sure we've laid that basis for you. Mm -hmm. And as always, if you have questions about any of the things that we talk about, please send us a comment on our YouTube channel, please um, shoot us an email or, or send us a message um, through one of the social media outlets, because we would love to hear what we can improve on to get you more information. So yeah, absolutely. And so this will be yeah, like an overview episode. Um, mm -hmm. Like what you're just saying, where we're going to touch on a lot of different topics and then continue to go further in depth into these topics and subsequent episodes as well. Right, so, right. yeah. Right. Oh, I have a feeling these are things that we're going to talk about a lot, <laughs> a lot. over our time together just a because lot. they're so important. And so I think we could probably do 30 minutes on every single individual oh, yeah. note well, that we have for today. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, Dr. Virginia, you want to start us out? Sure. Um, just one of the first things, well, there's lots of different things for us to think through, um, right. but volunteer policies and volunteer training. Um, so, you know, I think, um, it's very easy for us in churches to be guilty of taking a living, breathing person and just throwing them in a room. Right. <laughs> but right. because that's, that's the desperation of the moment. And that happens yes. sometimes. Yes. 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 But we want to be intentional, um, in having good screening of our volunteers, including background checks, um, including, you know, um, like an application form with their testimony and even getting some references, um, you know, have a good screening process for our volunteers, um, having good training and, and routine training for our volunteers. That way they know what's expected of them and they feel like they are equipped um, whenever we ask them to serve and feel equipped in the classrooms. Um, you know, having just good classroom policies for our volunteers, mm -hmm. such as having right. two adults in the room at all times. Um, and so just thinking through our, our volunteer policies and training and our procedures around the people that we have in our ministries. Right. One of the things that I usually recommend to children's ministers is to have a conversation with your church insurance provider. Mm -hmm. because you might be surprised. There have been a lot of churches that I worked with that once we contacted their insurance provider, we found out 
their insurance required certain types of background checks and certain types of policies to be in place for their insurance to be valid. And they were going week to week and aware of that and not following the things that their insurance company was actually requiring. Because what happens is that in transitions, sometimes that information doesn't get to the correct person. And so making sure that your volunteers have the training that's necessary, because a lot of insurance companies require training every year. Mm -hmm. A lot of insurance companies require very specific types of background checks for workers, for volunteers, Mm -hmm. um, for anyone that walks into the preschool or children's hallway. And so you definitely want to make sure that you're not just meeting policies that you may have written, but that you're also meeting the policies that your insurance company requires of you. And so um, a lot of churches that I worked with weren't doing anything and didn't realize their insurance actually required it. And so you want to make sure that you check on that. You need to know that. Also, the two in a room policy, just to kind of make that point again, Mm -hmm. even if you only have one child in a classroom, you really still need to have two adults in that classroom. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people say, well, that just doesn't make any sense or it's not practical but it's really a necessity now in just the society that we live in, people expect there to be two in a classroom, two adults in a classroom. Um, It doesn't matter that that's not what happens in the school system because Mm -hmm. that's a completely different situation and a completely different set of rules from the state. Mm -hmm. Um, What the court is looking for in a church setting is they're looking for two adults in a classroom, no matter how many children you know, you may have, if it's one or if it's five, you know, still having those two mm-hmm. in the classroom is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't just protect the children, but it protects your volunteers and it protects yes. your church. And so it's yes. very important. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. All right. What's next? <laughs> um, child protection. Um, so wanting to understand. So this is, this is one of those things that's difficult um, oftentimes just to train and to be trained in, um, but understanding what constitutes abuse, uh, characteristics of abusers, what do we need to be looking out for? Um, how do we do reporting in your particular state? Um, who reports or who who is you know considered mandatory reporters in your particular mm-hmm. state? So understanding um, all of those sort of facets of child abuse protection. So, and it's, it's incredibly important that we are aware of what the, not only just what the requirements are, but aware of what we can do to best protect mm-hmm. our families and to best protect our children. Mm-hmm. And when you have the knowledge of what you're watching for, it can make just a huge difference in the yes. way you see your volunteers, the way you see your church ministry, the way you, you see people and the way you can interact, you notice so much more once you're kind of aware of what you're really looking for and aware of what can happen. It's really sad to say that people who are predators, who are looking to abuse children, are looking for churches that do not have safety and security in place because they're looking for the easiest access they will have to children. And unfortunately, the thing is that we think that it's going to be maybe strangers that we've never met before, when often it may be members of our church that have been members for years and years. And this is just their pattern and it's what they do. And so we want to make sure that we're prepared to handle anything that might come in. Right. Because those abusers groom not only children, but they groom other adults to trust them as well. 
And so one of the things that I say, especially in regards to this sort of training, even, even as it's difficult to think about, like what, just like what you said, we, we want to make it very hard mm -hmm. for anyone to be successful at trying to abuse a child. Right. And so if every volunteer knows what to be looking for mm -hmm. um, with characteristics of abusers and signs of abuse, then that's going to serve as a deterrent to someone who's looking for, you know, like you said, easy access to children. Right. You know, if you have the reputation as being the church where everyone is trained and everyone knows this stuff, mm -hmm. then an abuser is not going to like, I mean, not to say that that means you're, you know, completely protected in every right. way, shape and form, no. but it gives this layer of deterrent mm -hmm. um, for would-be abusers. Right. Right. And we understand I have had many, many church members, deacons, you know, leaders in the church that get very offended when you mention background checks or any kind of fingerprinting or any type of investigation that we might need to do to prepare our volunteers for the work that they do. And I unapologetically remind them that we are protecting our children yes. and we yes. cannot pick and choose who we do a background check on. And we cannot pick and choose who we ask to fill out forms, no matter how long we've known them in ministry. My husband filled out all the paperwork and had background checks, the pastor and his wives, you know, those, those pastors and wives that I've worked with in the past, they have had to fill out all of the same paperwork it's just a requirement across the board and it's set up so that we can protect not only yourself, but also the church ministry, the families and the children. And so that's absolutely, absolutely. So. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm just going to reiterate what you've already said that <laughs> applying, <laughs> applying those, all of those policies and procedures uniformly, because, and this is something that I know, I've heard from you so many times also, just that a policy is no good if you don't enforce it and if you don't enforce it uniformly. Right. If you've got holes and if you've got places where it's like, oh, well, we let Miss Betty slide, it's, it's not going to help you. Like you've got mm -hmm. to enforce it uniformly across the board. Right. I've worked with churches over the years. I, I, I served for the state convention and worked with churches um, in a lot of different situations and a lot of them that had to be in a courtroom and had to go to court over certain things. And it has amazed me time after time, when judges are looking for your policies, your procedures, that you follow what you say you're going to follow, that you have those, you know, two adults that can both testify to the same situation that you have, all of that. And I know we don't like to have to think about possible court cases or standing before a judge. I know we don't want to think about that. And I don't want to think about that either. And I want to make sure that I have everything in place so that I never have to think about that. But unfortunately, there are churches that have found themselves in situations where it was required for them to do that they had no choice. And so to be able to stand before that judge and be able to say, these are our policies, this is what we have in place. We do not waver from, you know, this policy it makes a huge difference. And so, yeah. 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 So, well, and I think that that, that kind of moves easily into our next topic when we talk about doing everything that we can to make sure 
that our church ministry is as safe as possible for our children and for families. And that's to look at our space, to look at our hallway, our classrooms, how we have things set up, how we have them in place. And one of the first things that's the most important is just the the rooms and the hallway and everything being clean, making sure that that things are in order, that things have been cleaned well, that floors are cleaned well, that walls are cleaned well, that things look neat and tidy, because that's the first impression that you give when you walk in to the preschool or the children's hall is that people notice how clean it is, how organized it is, if there are a lot of things stacked places or, or if things haven't been cleaned well it's very noticeable. Yes. And it's um, not super recently, but in recent years, I had an opportunity to be on a church campus, not on a Sunday for another purpose. And um, there's sort of this conversation of like, yeah, you know, really no one uses our nursery in our church. And, and, you know, I don't know why. And, and I got to look at the nursery and it was, um, it was not a clean and tidy space. (laughs) And so, And so, yes. And so it's like, well, this really isn't very inviting or very welcoming. And parents aren't going to want to leave like their babies and their toddlers um, in this sort of space. And so, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the most advanced technology or, you know, the fanciest space and the most beautiful this or that or the other, but just clean and tidy, clean and tidy. So. It really does make a huge difference, and especially for parents of younger children, because when you think about children crawling on the floor, putting things in their mouths, you know, those when you're when you're picturing a toddler in a classroom (laughs) and the things that they do and how they maneuver, parents are thinking about that because they have to think about it in their own home. And so they're really thinking through those things when they're dropping off their kids. And so I think it's really important that we take a look at classrooms from their viewpoint, Mm -hmm. getting down on your knees, kind of crawling through rooms sometimes. (laughs) I know it sounds like a very strange thing, but it helps you to kind of process, oh, wait, there are not covers on those electrical outlets. Mm -hmm. That TV that's on the cart is very shaky and could fall over very easily with just a good tug on a wire. You know, this, this blind, these blind cords are too far down on the floor. I could reach those if I'm down here. So it it gives you kind of that viewpoint of saying, Oh, wow. How safe is this classroom? How well is it set up for the age appropriateness of the group Mm -hmm. that's going to be coming in and spending time in that room? Mm-hmm. And I've had people tell me before, oh, it's fine. The teachers will keep them away from that TV. But I, I don't know if you've spent a lot of time in a preschool classroom. <laughs> but you don't necessarily have as much time as you think to be able to keep yes. your eyes on kids every single second yes. of the time they're in there. And so you really, really want to make sure that you've made the safest possible environment for the kids mm-hmm. when they come into them. Absolutely. What are some other safety and security things about just the function of a classroom and a hallway that you've thought about? Uh, Definitely windows and doors. Um, You always want to be able to have another set of eyes, you know, into your room um, at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, So having windows cut into the doors, Um, you know, age appropriate furniture, it kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, just not having big kids at furniture that's too small for them or little kids at furniture that's too big, having comfortable age appropriate size furniture. Um, mm -hmm. I know furniture is expensive, but, you know, where possible, um, you know, putting kids at, at the right size furniture. Um, well, and it's really important that you've taken time to think through your furniture. I, you know, we love rocking chairs in infant mm. classrooms or toddler classrooms, but they are also huge pinching hazards for mm -hmm. toddlers that are crawling. And then a lot of times we have cribs that are older cribs because they've been donated from years ago from families that have no longer needed them, but they no longer meet the safety standards for mm -hmm. a nursery. A lot of times what I would do is recommend that a preschool leader download the requirements for a preschool in mm -hmm. their state. What does the state require of a daycare in that yeah. age group? And kind of take a look at those requirements for types of furniture and types of things, because mm -hmm. you really, and, and I know that it's, it's like you mentioned, expense is an issue. And so that's always, you know, a problem, but you want to try to make sure that you are as up to date as you possibly can be on mm -hmm. how the classrooms are set up and how the safety and security mindset of the furniture and all the equipment that you use and the toys that you use. And that can be a really great resource to give you a starting point That's because right. there are occasionally crib recalls and right. things like that, that are usually noted on that, those kinds of documents that you can find. Yeah. Um, other things are thinking through um, emergency policies. Mm -hmm. um, so sort of like a school, you know, having a, a fire policy or tornado policy, I guess, if that's applicable to where you live, right. um, you know, earthquakes, Earthquake. yes, earthquakes, yeah. um, even like active shooter policies. I hate right. that we a have lockdown, to have some type of yes. lockdown policy. Yes, yes, yes. I hate that we have to have those types of policies, even right. in our churches, but you have to have it um, yes. as well as policies for like, you know, injuries and allergies and, and those side those sorts of like medical emergencies that could happen to an individual child as well. Right, right. Um, so thinking through those emergency policies. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I always made sure I had paperwork that guests would fill out when they would drop off a child for the first time, because it is really easy for things to happen and you not find out about an allergy that a child may have or an illness and they might have a medical emergency and you might not know that they have epilepsy or that they might be a diabetic because sometimes parents get so used to those situations in their family that they just don't think to tell somebody when they drop off because it's always so hectic. I, we had a, I had a situation like that once where um, it was, it was a guest family. And even though our form asked about allergies, I guess, you know, it's, there's a bunch of stuff on the form. You're right. It's hectic. Right. They didn't fill it in and they came afterwards. They're like, Oh my goodness, you're serving goldfish. Like, our, both of our children have celiac disease. Like, did they eat goldfish? Oh. Like, we've got to know. We've got to go to the hospital. Thankfully, mm -hmm. neither of the children had eaten any snacks, mm -hmm. but we didn't know. Right. We didn't know, right. even though we asked for it. Right. One of the things that I've seen that I like is um, you can get stickers that say, mm -hmm. you know, I have an allergy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, put those out in your check-in area and and parents can write on there you know, right. gluten, dairy, whatever it is. And you can put that sticker on that child. Right. That way, no matter who's in the room, it is very apparent that there is an allergy, you right. know, with that child. So. Right. Right. And we would always post those in the classroom as well. If I knew a child had an allergy, 
-hmm. we would usually have little name tags on cubbies, you know, for each hour for the children that came on a regular basis. And I would put a little, we have a red sticker for allergy Mm -hmm. so that that way the volunteers knew when they came into a classroom, they would check to see Mm -hmm. if any of the children that were present, you know, had any type of an allergy or anything they need to be concerned with. It's why, and I know we still love to be able to offer cookies and juice. We love to be able to offer goldfish and, and different things. And I am, I've always considered myself to be a bummer teacher because I <laughs> so don't like to do food in classrooms just because of that reason that you yeah. described. So many times yeah. there might be allergies, they might, there might be problems that can come up. And I know that teachers love to be able to make cookies and to do things, but it's just really stressful because it's really hard too for those kids that can't have yes. the treat. And so to me, they're there for an hour you know, unless they're going to stay through all three services and there's a situation that you have really thought through, it's, it's so hard to serve food. But yes, I understand <laughs> that. that makes sense. Um, and those that like, we, we mentioned before, the fire, the tornado, the earthquake, um, the lockdown policies, those things are not as hard to fit together as you might think that they could be. You can usually find some examples online of, of procedures. It's just basically thinking through if we have a fire, if there is bad weather, if we do have to lock down, do mm-hmm. we know how to do that? And are mm-hmm. we familiar with the best policies and the best ways? And where would we go and where would we meet? And mm-hmm. what would we need to do for that? And what would be the signal? How would you let people know? And those kinds of mm-hmm. things. So it's just kind of thinking through those things. And it's the same for injuries and for allergies, having those allergy alert posters to let people know well, mm-hmm. today we're going to be using Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. just so that those parents can see, you know, oh, well, this is an item that the kids will be touching and, and using today. And so, um, and also remembering those first aid kits can be very general, but we really can't use any kind of medication, any kind of ointment, any kind of, of you know, even with band-aids, you have to be super careful because of latex yeah. allergies. And so um, you can have those first aid kits, but you really want to be familiar with your kids and who's there and what's happening before. What was next? What did you? Oh, check in, check out, pick up, drop off Yay. policies and procedures. <laughs> yes. We're yes. going to go into more detail of this yes. later on. Yes. yes. But we didn't want to just mention them here. Yes. Yes. That you, you need to have um, a policy and a procedure for how you match the correct child with the correct parent. And there's a bunch of ways that you can do that. And that's something that we will get into in a later episode. But you have to have some way to make sure that you are sending the right child with the right adult and documenting that. So, yes, actually, you really need to think through your entire morning Mm. and how you want to to greet parents as they come in, how you want to have your hallway set up. Um, One of the things that is really important, and I know that this is a touchy situation, I promise I know. But you really need to make sure that your preschool and your children's hallways are not walkways for people to get from one side of your campus to the other. You really can't have people who have not been screened and have background checks coming through your hallways. And so often I find that, for example, churches will have their doors to those hallways just open because Senior adults like to, to make a shortcut through that hallway to get to the sanctuary, or that might be the only covered entrance. And so people want to come through there when it's raining and it becomes this 
you know, kind of walk through area. And that limits your ability to be able to keep your children in your family yes. safe. Yes. And so you really want to think through, can I lock these doors so that I have a secure hallway so that when people come in, you know, they have a desk that they have to come to before they can come in so that they can, you know, so that you know who's walking through your halls at any given time. Yes. And I know that that's really, really hard to do. But one of the things that can help you greatly in that area is if you can have a hall director. Yes. Or a greeter. And yes. I know you're thinking, wait, I already have a hard enough time finding volunteers. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I have never had a hard time finding a hall director or a greeter because deacons or senior adults love that job or fathers that are not super comfortable in the classroom. They love my hall director job because that way they can stay out in the hallway. They're just greeting and, and welcoming people. <laughs> they don't have to work with the kids and <laughs> they don't feel comfortable <laughs> working with the kids. You know, they can give high mm -hmm. fives as people come in and then they can just be that person that mm -hmm. gives the new parents the paperwork that shows mm -hmm. people where to go in the classroom that makes sure that there's no one on the hallway. That's not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. They're those extra set of eyes and they don't have to be teachers and they don't have to sub and they don't mm -hmm. have to be in the classroom for any reason other than, they're just in the hall, mm -hmm. making sure that your hallway is secure and that people are following your procedures and doing what you have set forth for them to do. And so usually it's it's not as hard of a position to find <laughs> as some of the others might be, because, again, they, they don't have to prep a lesson. Mm -hmm. They don't have to get anything ready. You have everything for them. All they do is show up. They welcome people, they talk to people, they stand in that hallway and, mm -hmm. and they take care of just their responsibility. And so it's usually a good thing. Yes. Virginia, what's next? Um, one thing is just um, having a social media policy and just um, being mm -hmm. aware of, uh, you know, social media and privacy. Um, right. We definitely don't, we never post pictures of kids with names ever, no. ever. And if we are going to post pictures of kids, you know, either on our website or on our social media, really any capacity whatsoever on the internet, we have to have written permission from parents. Yes. Written permission yes. from parents. Yes. Yes. And so one thing you can do is, is um, like have an opt-in, like have parents sign in to opt-in, you know, with the option of opting out at any point. Right. Um, but, you know, have written permission from those parents and get that once a year, maybe, um, right. and, and keep that up to date and not, you know, post any pictures of any kids who you're not supposed to, and right. definitely never with names. Right, right. Because it's, it's, it's vitally important for a mm -hmm. lot of different reasons. But it, just a verbal confirmation isn't enough. Um, mm -hmm. A parent could come back. And, and so you, you want to make sure that you actually have written documentation that says that you have permission to post their children's pictures on any of your social media. And so that would mean that you would have to really look at your pictures and make sure that you've, um, if there are faces that shouldn't be, that they've been covered with something so that, you know, if you still really want to show this picture, but that you've covered a face with a heart or the little <laughs> emoji or something so that that way you don't have that child in the picture. But also you want to make sure that parents are aware of that. When you do have parent meetings, you want to mention, you know, it's, 
you know, I, we appreciate if you take pictures, but if you're going to post them to social media, you know, you need to run the names by me to make sure. So just so that we're sure, because we want to be mindful of those things. So you want to make sure that people are, are definitely, definitely aware of that. And yep. so social media can be great and it's a wonderful way to publicize your ministry and to let people know what you need and to let people see what you're doing. But you also just want to be very, very careful. Yes. Whenever you're posting. Yes, absolutely. All right. And that kind of falls under, we talked about waivers and forms and liability insurance, those kinds of things um, a little bit as we've talked, you know, so far today, but it's just making sure that you have those permission slips. If you're going to be doing anything that's out of the ordinary, that you have parents fill out paperwork to make sure that you have copies of everything. I have worked with parents at camp before with churches that would have parents fill out the paperwork for camp, but not fill out paperwork for the leaders. Oh, right. And so right. when you go, like, for example, when you go to camp, you're giving your paperwork over to the camp leaders, and then you don't have any of the paperwork yourself to know things about your kids and to have those permissions and all of those little things. So you want to make sure you are making forms for your ministry mm -hmm. as well as filling out forms for any activity that you might be doing. So that way you have in your possession at all times, contact information and medical yes. information and emergency information. And so that's yes. very, very important. Yes. And making sure you have your insurance up to date is, is incredibly important. You know, I, I know that there are a lot of churches that have business administrators that kind of take care of all of that, but things fall in the cracks so easily. And so it really is, our responsibility as the children's minister to make sure that our church is completely covered when it comes to the children's ministry and everything that you do. If you're taking the church bus, if you're doing those kinds of things, mm -hmm. that you're sure that all of those things are in place um, right. because it's ultimately your responsibility when you have those kids with you. Mm -hmm. And so that's incredibly important. And sometimes there are extra like little steps and little things you'll need to do for your insurance for certain activities or certain trips. Like I know, you know, every year for camp, we would have to go through, I guess, like get an extra special policy, like an additional policy for right. camp specifically in right. addition to what we have. And then just like what you're saying with the bus, it's like any individual who's going to be driving the van, they have to be, you know, on the insurance policy. Right. And so you're right. It's like a million fiddly little details, but right. I mean, you have to do it. I mean, you have to right. Right. Got to keep it all in mind. You yeah. Do. You just, that's all of those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, one thing I think that we did forget when we were talking about hallways and policies and procedures is having a bathroom policy. You do need to make sure that you have a policy for how your leaders are taking your children to the restroom during service. And there's a lot of different ways to do that, but you want to make sure that the kids are safe going from the classroom to the restroom mm -hmm. or that you have those policies in place and your leaders know these are the things that have to happen mm -hmm. if a child has to go to the restroom during class time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important to have those locked doors because if you have adults using the same restroom as your children yes. Yes. and you send children to the restroom without a leader, then basically they're going into a restroom where there could be Adults Adult. that have not received background checks or that have not been checked to, to be around children. And so that means that you have to be extra vigilant about your policies 
about using restrooms and going into the restrooms and where your restrooms are located and all of that when you're looking at a bathroom mm -hmm. policy. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Dr. Virginia, what did we forget? I don't know. I mean, there's probably, probably a hundred things. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, there's probably something we're forgetting. And, but then it's also, it's like, it's, I feel like it's easy to sit and just sort of listen to this big list of things and be like, Oh my goodness, that's so much. Right. You know, but you, you eat the elephant one bite at a time. Right. Um, and so, and I think there are probably areas where in your particular church, you can stop and think, Ooh, I don't know that we're doing that part really well or like, Ooh, I really don't know about that. And so, you know, I think even as you just sort of listen through, there may be things that just like paying on your radar right. as, you know, the thing where you need to start mm -hmm. um, because you can't necessarily start on all of it all at once. Right. Um, you do have to look at your particular situation and, you know, think about what is most urgent, what is most pressing, like what really needs to happen now? Like what really do we need to do better on now? We hope that we have been a little bit helpful today and that we've given you some things to think about. And like we said, we promise we're going to be talking about these <laughs> subjects in more detail as we move forward, because they are things that are really important and really pressing and things that we don't always think about. Um, but we hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.